0: Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Commercial real estate challenges? For 160 years, companies around the world have trusted Savills for expert guidance and perfect workspace solutions. See what Savills can do for you at savills.us. The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari and you're listening to Mentoring Moments, a show where smart, witty and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action. And we're inviting you to join us every week in my New York City apartment. Before we dive into today's mentoring moments with Sarah Robbo-Hagan, Hagen, is CEO of Flywheel Sports and author of a new book called Extreme You. And she tells her stories about rebounding in her career after being fired twice in her 20s and how she used those failures to propel her to go from a routine life to extreme living. I want to thank WordPress.com for sponsoring mentoring moments. More websites run on WordPress than any other platform. Create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. So sitting across the table from me today is Sarah Rob O'Hagan. So Sarah has been described, I want to be described as this, as superwoman undercover (laughs) and the Pied Piper of potential, how cool is that? She is the CEO of the indoor cycling company that we've all heard of, mm-hmm. Flywheel Sports. She's the former president of Equinox and former global president of Gatorade, where she turned around the business by reinventing it for young athletic consumers. That's another, like, how cool is that? <laughs> and she has three kids. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool, too. Yeah. And she's one of Forbes' most powerful women in sports and one of Fast Company's most creative people in business, and, and, and she's the author of a new book, Definitely got to get yours now mm-hmm. get into that category yes. go get it now called extreme you step up stand out kick ass repeat okay I'm gonna get that I'm gonna get those steps you know I, I get things confused sometimes I hope yeah. I do them in order I don't know what happens if I don't do happens, sure. I them in order it's all about figuring out where you suck and getting over it right? <laughs> which leads me to with all of these outstanding accomplishments mm. that Sarah has when I asked her to tell me what she's most proud of. Here's what she said. She said that she was fired twice, Mm -hmm. and those were back-to-back when you Mm -hmm. you were in your 20s, right? So you're at that age, and it's really difficult to live through these things. Mm -hmm. She was nearly deported from the United States. This is not funny, but (laughs) the fact that you're here, we can laugh about it, when she lost her green card sponsorship. And the story is really about how those epic fails Mm -hmm. really fueled you for the success that you have today. So, Sarah, I can't wait. We're going to get into all your failures. <laughs> because my favorite you're going to make, topic. you're going to make me feel a whole lot better. Yeah. That's, why, that's why I'm so excited. It's like watching awesome. Jerry Springer to watch yeah. all the train wrecks. Oh, so, I love train so like, wrecks. I'm good. I'm good. Like, I'm, like, so much better than that person. <laughs> so this is my mentoring moment. Yeah. Um, I was walking down the street the other day, and I was thinking – What is my mentoring moment? You know, I've done so many mentoring moments on this show that sometimes I'm feeling like, what is that mentoring moment? Then the universe, which I love how the universe works. Mm -hmm. A woman dropped a letter that she was holding Mm -hmm. and she was having a hard time picking it up. Mm -hmm. So I went over and picked it up for her and gave it to her. And she said, thank you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the struggle is real. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, wow how real is that, right? Yeah. The struggle it's is real. real. And so we have, we really do have real struggles yeah. in our lives, whether it's we lose loved ones, yeah. whether it's, you know, we have cancer, our friends have cancer, where you can't pay the mortgage, your yeah. immigration, we all have those real struggles, whether they're ourselves or people that we love that right. impact yeah. us. Yeah. But what it made me think of, and those are real, mm-hmm. is how we create struggles that aren't real, mm-hmm. right? Yes. The, oh, we, yes. The drama. Yes. Of the things that just aren't important yes And so that was, that's my mentoring moment in that there's so many things that are the real struggles in our lives. Mm. Don't go create them and they don't even have to be massive. I mean, I I understand we all have struggles at different levels and they're Mm. real and there are struggles. Mm. Own those, go through them, figure them out. So I'm not saying that someone has to die for it to be a struggle. We all have Mm. struggles, whatever they are, but don't go create the struggles in that. Wait till you hear about this, those kind of struggles. We don't need the drama of those struggles.
1: Well, frankly, the fears, because I do I do think – I remember when I was graduating college, there was this very famous song, like, um, God, where it was set to a Baz Luhrmann song, and it was a guy giving a graduation speech, and he basically was making the point that we go through life fearing all these things that are going to happen, but actually it's the stuff that catches you totally off guard, whether it's a death or a firing that you were never prepared for. That's the stuff that is real, the struggle that is the real stuff. And, And it's like, sometimes we get so whipped up worrying about stuff, it isn't going to happen anyway. Like, stop worrying.
0: And it takes it just depletes you of the energy. Totally. It takes you from doing the good stuff you can yeah. do, depletes you of your energy. When you have the real struggles, yeah. it's harder to, to cope with those totally. because you're so depleted. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's kind of, let's quit Definitely. creating the struggle. There's so many that we have to deal with in this anyway. world. Let's quit yeah. creating those. Definitely. Definitely. So that is – now I can't wait to hear your yes. mentoring moment.
1: So I thought about this and, you know, the obvious one I could have done was talk about, you know, getting fired and, and the process of coming back from that because it was awful. But then I thought a little bit more having chatted with you and I thought my mentoring moment that I wanted to talk about was actually – years later in my career. So I was in my late thirties. Um, and I had just had my third child, my little baby Gabby, who we called the baby G because it was when I was at Gatorade and we were rebranding Gatorade G and I have a baby. That's a G (laughs) everything was G, but it was interesting because the, you know, she was born six months into my time there and, literally, as we were launching this entire new rebranding of the business, and I go on to maternity leave is exactly the moment the business tanked, like went from no, no growth to like declines, massive declines. So here I am at home, like breastfeeding an infant trying to deal with like a business that's falling apart, everyone doesn't know what's going on. So I'm on the phone like 40 hours a week with exhaustion, all of the above, right. And I remember about you know, two months of this, well, maybe even three, continues, continues. I'm not having any rest. I'm being, frankly, not a good new mother. and not being a good boss because I'm remote. And I'm just doing everything poorly. And finally, it was actually my husband who was like, enough, like, foot down. We need to get you away from the scene. And we went, we finally made a decision to go home to New Zealand, which is where I'm from, um, just for a few weeks so that I could regroup. And the fear, to the point you just made, of, in my head, like, the whole place is going to fall apart if I leave. (laughs) Whereas actually what happened was the minute I got off the plane in Los Angeles on the way to New Zealand, and I'm away from the scene, finally my entire attitude shifted, my perspective shifted. I suddenly realized, actually, we're trying to turn a business around. We're not curing cancer. We everything can become so intense and so distorted when you're in the middle of it. And my lesson, and I guess my mentoring moment is actually sometimes you need to step away and just give yourself room to breathe, to think, to get a fresh perspective, because frankly, the five or six weeks or whatever it was that I spent away, when I came back, I was so energized. I was so ready to take this challenge head on. And I, that was what, Frankly, began the beginning of the positive turnaround, and I think often, particularly as women, we get dragged into this feeling of like, if I'm not there, it's not going to work, or I'm going to lose my job because I'm not part of the the, the the discussions. And actually, sometimes
0: you've just got to walk away. But here's a question. How do you give yourself permission to walk away? Right, Because that's the hard part. It
1: totally is. And I think, you know, in my case, it's actually was someone in, you know, my husband close enough to me to see that I was literally driving myself into (laughs) self-destruction. So I think I would say, how do you give yourself the permission? You actually have to listen really closely to the signals that are closest to you. I think the people that know us the best are generally the ones that will tell us things that we don't necessarily want to hear. And you have to listen, you have to tune in. And I think, how do you give yourself permission? It's recognizing that the problem is bigger than you. And that if other people are recognizing it too, there's probably a real signal there and you've got to listen. And I think it's the same to the whole permission thing. I mean, I remember somewhere in that same period I, you know, had uh, because I had a new baby, because I was struggling with this job, I'd stop working out, you know, because of the guilt of, well, I've got all these other people that need things from me. But actually, when I flipped that around and gave myself permission to be, I've got to be strong, I've got to be healthy, I've got to be ready to go. It was amazing how that changed everything. Like I sort of went from being like feeling like I was reacting to like bullets coming at me every day to I'm focusing on me first and foremost. Am I strong? Am I feeling good? Am I healthy? Yes, I am. Now I'm ready to go and take on the other things in my life.
0: And I think sometimes we get those, I call them yellow flags yes. in our lives, right? That things happen to tell us to slow down, Yes. but we don't slow down. Totally. And then something big happens yeah. to us. And a lot of times that's an illness or something happens. You had a definite example of that. When I fell on my face? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I told you that. Yes. Um, so, And I've told this story a long time yeah. ago, so I will tell it again, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell it in a quicker format. But I was really stressed out working on mm-hmm. a job and I was just running everywhere and little things kept happening. I tripped one day and fell and scraped my knee. Nothing big, right? But all these little things happened and then one day I was walking I had two big cases because I was going to this meeting and I was in charge of everything, right? Because everybody was just dumping I, I was allowing it. I was I was not a victim I was allowing, allowing people it. to no. dump the, yeah. I don't want to take care of this I'd be like, I'll take care of it, I'll yeah. take care of it, right? It's something <laughs> I quit doing. I, I'm done with that and I fell, I tripped and I fell and I couldn't break, I couldn't hold myself up. And so I fell literally on my face. I mean, it was bad, it was bad. And my friend, Susan Seminelli, who Mm -hmm. has a spa here and she's a very holistic healer, Mm -hmm. said to me, I have been telling you for years that you're going way too fast. The universe has literally smacked you in the face so that you can look at yourself in the mirror every single day to say, slow down. And I got to tell you, for the next mm. four or five days, I did very little work. And just as you're saying, Sarah, yeah. the world did not come totally. to an end. Yeah. And the thing that was disturbing me, that was making me so frantic, mm. was the people I was working with. They mm. were saying, you know, if you're not at this meeting, so-and-so will take over and do it her way. And I was like, no, she can't do it her <gasps> yeah. way. And you know what? You're sitting there with your face. I mean, I was. it was a mess. Um, the fact that I have my teeth is a miracle. Amazing. I mean, the, my yeah. dentist, I, t- I wake up in the middle of the night and I still feel for them Aww. to make sure they're there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't, I, don't bite, I never bite an apple because I'm just afraid. Yeah, they're going to like yeah, crumble on yeah. me. But all of that, right? And you're like, yeah. for what? Yeah. And it's not to say that your job's not important, but you got to get your stuff in the right priorities yeah. and take, Definitely. and they do get out of, they like, get out yeah. of one. Take that step back.
1: And I, I think of it now like, um, a bank balance actually, like how much are you building up your balance in terms of your own, the energy you're putting into yourself to be, like well rested, healthy, whatever it may be versus what you're giving to other people. And it's when you get into the situations that you were in, you're just giving, 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 there's nothing left. Like, I'm not surprised that you fell because you've depleted everything that was there in the first place. And I do think that I, I think as we get older, you know, it's probably easier for us to see this because we've lived through it and we've lived through The bad sides of it as well as the good sides when you actually did take stock and, you know, do things the right way. And you know that the company didn't fall apart when you (laughs) walked out the door. But I wish I wished I'd known that a lot earlier. Like I think I would have saved myself a lot of Anxiety.
0: <laughs> yes. For sure. And it's hard to know that earlier, yeah. though, because a lot of these things, unfortunately, you. I think when you're younger, you think you have all the energy. And yeah. so you, there are people are listening to us talk, and they're like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But mm-hmm. it's like I used to smoke years and years ago, mm-hmm. right? I was not going to get cancer, no. right? Yeah. It's not going to happen to no, me. I'm sure. not going to be the cancer victim yeah. from smoking. Sure. And that yeah. was 40 years ago. So anybody who wants to get on my case, I gave it 40- yeah, up <laughs> 40 totally. years ago. Come, I, haven't, yeah. haven't I haven't gotten a cigarette got since. But it's not going to yeah. happen to you. Yeah. yeah. So, Sarah, I want to talk to you about being fired multiple times. But first, I want to give a shout out to WordPress. Small businesses are the heart of our communities and the places that we could not live without. Like my favorite New York City store called Pachute. It's so special to me because Sharon, who is the owner, has this great sense of style and she has relationships with her customers. So when she's buying, she keeps all of us in mind. That's something that I won't get from a major department store. I'm all about supporting local businesses and that leads to why I'm excited that WordPress is sponsoring Mentoring Moments and helping small businesses thrive. So whether you have been in business for generations or recently launched, creating a website on WordPress.com can make a big impact on your business. Even if you don't have a clue how to build a website, WordPress will guide you through the process. WordPress has hundreds of customized themes to get you started. You just pick a template and make it your own, and you get built-in search engine optimization and social sharing, and when you build your website on WordPress.com, you're part of a community with support 24-7. So check it out and see why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to WordPress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's WordPress.com/Slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. WordPress.com/Slash Forbes. Now back to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. Sarah, I just have to hear about your multiple firings. So tell me a story.
1: Yeah. So I got fired twice in a row in my twenties. And um, so the first time I was working for um, Virgin megastores, which most of the listeners may or may not have heard of because it is no longer in business. But what's interesting about the story is prior to that, I was working for Virgin Atlantic Airways, which is Richard Branson's airline. And I was literally a high-flying superstar. I was doing so well. I was 26 years old partying with Richard Branson at the Cannes Film Festival. I mean, I thought I was the shit, quite right. honestly. Like, and I, you I were. Wrong. I'm, I'm sure was, your right? friends thought.
0: Totally. I totally. right?
1: And then I get this um, – it wasn't a promotion. It was kind of a lateral move to move to the music um, division, Virgin Megastores, which I was like, awesome. This is, you know, this is me moving my my way up the um, organization. And I get to this company that it was the time uh, when Napster had just been created. So the whole industry was in disarray because people weren't wanting to buy CDs anymore. If you could get it pirated for free. Right. So the industry was in distress. I knew nothing about retailing, let alone music retailing. I thought that I was like the best thing ever because don't, you know, I've just been hanging with Richard. He thinks I'm awesome. So all of you should think think so too, you know, and long story short, like I, when I look back on it, I actually believe my ideas for innovation to help the business come out of this distressed state were actually on point. But how I went about trying to get those ideas bought in, I was so over my skis and I was so like arrogant, pushy, um, not self-aware. I can't, I mean, the list goes on and on. (laughs) And Anyway, so the day I get fired, like I, I, we were all sort of like bitching and moaning about the bosses and everything. Like, I think that happens in a lot of companies. So I didn't think that I was any different, but the day I got fired, I remember I get called into my boss's office. HR is sitting there. And you've got to remember, I think I'm amazing. So like the thought that I'm about, it just had never crossed my mind that this could happen to me. And I can still remember like the blood draining out of my face, the cold sweat of when they said, not only are you getting, you know, your job is being eliminated. I don't even think it was that. It was not because the job was still going to be, it's like you are being eliminated. <laughs> but it was, and your severance is one week of pay and a one-way ticket to New Zealand. And by the way, your green card and visa is, all gone, and I just remember going this there's no way this is happening to me there's just no way, and then you walk through the office like the walk of shame let me just go there of everyone like I describe it in my book like it, it, all the people who were in the cubes were like little prairie dogs popping up like going who's the loser girl it's <laughs> a great you visual. know what I mean it was it was awful <laughs> and then you walk out and you 've got your box bar- it's just so humiliating I can 't even begin to describe but that said, you know, the first I, – I have thought on reflection. Like the first few weeks, I was very angry. I was very upset. I was blaming everyone except me, you know, like – and I would talk to people like you. I'd look across and they'd say, what happened? i go, they were a bunch of whatever idiots. They didn't understand how great I was. And I could see in that person's eyes that they didn't believe me because I didn't believe me, you know. and And I still remember like writing – after two weeks an email to my parents and my siblings and I started off trying to you know cover up the truth and say oh well you know it was just a declining business and then I re-edited and re-edited and finally the minute I got to I screwed up I just got my ass fired like once you actually write those words and admit it to yourself and the people you care about the most I have to say it was incredibly freeing because then it's like If I screwed up, that means I can fix things going forward, right? If it's someone else's fault, then I can't. And I think from that minute forwards, I suddenly kind of went from super depressed to, I got this, I know what I did wrong, and I'm not going to let it happen again. And by God, I'm not awful. I can get another job. (laughs) And then the forward momentum begins.
0: And so then you were fired again though? So then I was yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, no.
1: So then what happened is like yeah, I get the second the next job I got was at a company called Atari, which to be fair, I had three months to find a job and a visa sponsor. So, you know, I think would I in hindsight have taken that job again? Probably not, but I, it looked amazing from the outside, you know? And I think that to me is the big lesson about the second time around is that what I've learned from both of them is you've got to get onto the field of play where you can really thrive. And Atari I was so like over my depth beyond like it was a much bigger job I didn't have the experience to handle like corporate acquisitions all sorts of stuff and and also I knew nothing about the category and so in that instance I got laid off at least I wasn't singled out alone this time it was the office was shutting down and a bunch of us got laid off but I think when I look back like that Whole period of two years, like by the end of it, just the incredible depth of humiliation leads to humility, which leads to future success. So like after that, by some complete miracle, when I landed at M- Nike, I literally went in the door in my head going, I cannot get fired. I cannot get fired. I cannot get fired. So, so every day I was like, I will work harder than anyone in the entire company not to get fired. So, it <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I, and I did incredibly well at Nike. And I think it's because I just had this hunger to listen and learn and absorb from much more experienced people around me. And honestly, to this day, like I, it's never far from my sort of mind's eye, what it was like getting fired. Like every day I know it could happen again. And so it keeps me in check. It, it reminds me that you have to have humility. Otherwise you're going to get nowhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, we're laughing about it now because yes. we're very successful. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time. Yeah. But were there yellow flags? Speaking of yellow flags, oh, yeah. when you're looking back now that you yes. saw that you didn't pay, like what kind of oh, flags did you see? for sure. Um,
1: the, the person that I worked for, who, you know, I, there was my boss and then he reported to someone else, um, a woman who, she was an incredibly experienced retailer and she kept saying – You know, the marketing department, which was my department, you guys are not doing this, this and this. And I need you to be focused on, you know, we've got to sell an extra 10 cents in every transaction because that's what's going to help turn the business around. And frankly, I was just blatantly ignoring her needs and just doing what I thought we needed to do. And there were tons of yellow flags and I just didn't, I think I was so cocky and overconfident that I just didn't listen to them actually. And you know, in hindsight now, gosh, if only I, there's so many things I wished I had listened to, but were you defensive? Yeah. Oh, very totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was definitely an environment with a lot of new people and a lot of kind of established people that there was a lot of kind of negative energy. Anyway, everyone was kind of you know, pointing fingers and of blame of what wasn't working. And so I think it was easy to get caught up in that. And by the way, I think that's a great lesson for people too, is like now that I look back, yes, we were all bitching and moaning, but I think I was probably leading the bitching and moaning, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and that's where you don't want to be a leader in life. Yeah, right? that, that's exactly. Like, like don't, don't be that. the rabble rouser. We've right. all, we know what they're like. They're in every organization. And I think like I, I was right in there stirring the pot and it really taught me something, particularly as I became a leader later on, it's like that you cannot stand for that. Like even if I'd been brilliant, if I actually had been brilliant, (laughs) I think I was such a negative energy on the culture that it like as a leader, they should not have put up
0: with me. And it doesn't do – you or the people that – I used to always say, if you're going to complain about it – I'm not saying I had, I haven't complained about it. Yeah. Ram, 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 yeah. Ram. I'm sure, yeah, I, I had my share of it. Yeah. But then when I became head of the department, it was like, if you're going to complain, complain to me. Yeah. Directly. Because the people you're complaining yeah. to, they can't do anything about yeah. it. Right? Yeah. So if you have yeah. a problem with me, yeah. come to me. Yeah. Let me know. And tell me. Yeah. Now, maybe they didn't because maybe I wasn't yeah. as open. I don't know. I haven't given it enough yeah. reflection. Yeah. But but, but I think moving forward for everyone mm-hmm. to know, if you have a problem, yeah. it, it doesn't do you any good to sit and moan moaning groan. No. All it does is suck you into this vortex of, yeah. I hate my job. It isn't so-and-so responsible, yeah. and aren't they an idiot? And, totally. And yeah. I'm so smart, yeah. and they're so stupid. Yeah. And,
1: and honestly, I have seen my, my own personal example, but so many really talented people fall into that trap. And I bet you have too, where you you have all the skills in the world and you're doing super well. And then for whatever reason, the environment shifts and you become that negative Nelly. We've all seen them. No one wants to be around that. And suddenly you sort of, you taint the profile of yourself with this just negative energy. And it's such a watch out to me because I think to your point, either step up and, do something about it, tell the person, like bring constructive ideas for change, or
0: leave. Or quit, exactly. <laughs> Go find a job <laughs> yes, that you're happy at. Totally. Yes. Right. It's, it's hard though. Yeah. I, it's just when. At our ages, and I'm 20 years older than you, it's easier to reflect and say, you know, because you're tougher, you know that life will, and I think that's one of the things always remember, life will go on, right? (laughs) I mean, looking at you, you're successful, I'm sure you didn't feel life was going on when you were first fired, but life will go Go on. on. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Garnishing your ham with pineapple? Pair it with a delicious Chardonnay to make their taste buds swirl. Deviled eggs are even better when paired with a light, dry wine like a bubbly Prosecco or a Pinot Grigio. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can help you find the perfect one in your budget. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! You're listening to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. We're continuing the conversation with Sarah Rob O'Hagan here on Mentoring Moments, where we are brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payment system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree, rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com forbes. So let's talk about being the extreme yeah. you yeah. and yeah. your book. And mm-hmm. I want to be yeah. the extreme. I love extreme. I yeah. love <laughs> the extreme So I want to be the extreme yeah. me, which could be frightening to my husband. <laughs> he like, no yeah. way. Yeah. Talk yeah. about flags. It's like, no, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, so the idea behind the book was honestly that um, I started to realize now that I was, you know, well into my forties that I felt really, really sad for the, the young generation that were coming into the workforce that i was obviously managing who'd been given these kind of expectations of perfection and like i I truly feel even for my kids growing up today who are in a perfectly quaffed social media world where everyone's crushing it and everyone's getting awards left right and center and everyone you know at the age of 23 is on a giant stage giving speeches and all this stuff and i think it leads to everyone out else going, well, what about me? I must be failing. And if my resume is not perfect, then I suck. And it's like, actually, any successful person you speak to, and you've interviewed tons on this podcast, every single one of them has gone through enormous amounts of screw-ups, of failures, of indecision, of not knowing where they were going, etc. right, to of get course. to become really successful. And so it just felt to me that, particularly because I had had these experiences, that I had a real opportunity To share them because I don't think enough people my kind of age and stage are talking about it. Like three years ago, when you Googled me, it literally said, you know, fast companies, most creative people in business, all these great accolades. And nowhere did it say, she got fired twice, you know, like, which is a massively important part of that story. So I wanted to shift that. And then I went on this great journey of interviewing incredibly high-profile, successful people from Condoleezza Rice to Bodie Miller, who's a skier, to Angela Arendt, who I adore, who's one of the top um, leaders at Apple. And every single time I said to them, the premise of this book is I want you to give me the gnarly stuff that we haven't all heard before because I want young people to see that that is how you become the most amazing, extreme version of yourself is getting in there and having terrible experiences and great experiences so you kind of understand from both of them what really blows your hair back, what makes you you, what makes you so excited to come into work every day and what is the environment where you are going to thrive. Like if you can find that like, as Angela Aaron said, if we can get you in the right lane,
0: you'll go to the moon. We yes. know that, you know. But it's good. It's finding that right lane. Because Definitely. As you were saying, I look back to when my daughter was, when she was little and yeah. playing soccer, right? Yeah. And this was not a great soccer team. So this was not, they were. But, no Mia Hams. No, 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 no. Well, there may have been one girl on the team who was a Mia Hamm. Yeah. But our, we were in D.C. at the time. And our girls would show up with their Starbucks coffee mugs. And yeah. the opposing team would be like there a half an hour before. Oh, our, I love it. Our girls are yeah. running out of the yeah. SUVs, right? That's like awesome. with their coffee cups yeah. in their hand. And it's like this is going nowhere. But one day one of the girls ran. I mean, she made the goal for the wrong team. Oh, right? I love it. <laughs> now, okay. now, I'm not saying the coach should be like, you idiot. Yeah. You, what yeah. are you doing? But maybe instead mm-hmm. of saying, honey, that – he's like, honey, that was a great goal. I was like, not- she wait. made it for the wrong team. <laughs> And like, yeah. and they would all come home with yeah. trophies. I know, I know, I know. And I'm all for building self-esteem. Yeah. I'm all for it, right? Yeah. But there's a fine line definitely. between getting a trophy for showing up. Yes, definitely. And it, you yes. know, it's showing up as part of being yeah. successful. You got to yeah. show up to be successful, yep. Yep. but then you got to go way yes. beyond that. Yes. And, and I think there's a lot of people in this generation, yeah. not, not lumping you all together, yeah. <laughs> but in this generation that grew up that way of, I just show up. Yeah.
1: And I think it, like I, as you know, my pet peeve is participation trophies. Like I just cannot stand them because I feel like Uh, We just, we told a generation that everyone was going to be a winner and everyone is not going to be a winner. Everyone can be, anyone can be, but just kind of showing up and playing it safe. If you aspire to be at the very top of your personal potential and your personal game, that's not going to be enough. You're going to have to be willing to take risks, to get out of line, to do things in a very bold way. And now that I've spent so much time researching the impact of the self-esteem movement that you're talking about, every generation from the boomers on down has become significantly more risk averse, like because we're being like my generation as well, by the way, like more and more coddled. And like, we're trying to protect everyone to feel like they're going to be great. and Everything's going to be awesome, but that's not real. And and I think therefore you get into the wide world and you just end up coming up against this wall of reality, which I just believe, and I'm hoping certainly with the book that I've written that I want to give people the tools. Like there's a lot of really practical tools in the book to help people go, okay, I got this. I'm going to step right out there and go for it and kick some ass today. And by the way, if I fall on my face, I'm going to, I'm going to rebound. It's going to be okay. And part of that experience will take me to the next
0: place. And there, there are some tips that you can pull from the book to say, Uh, okay, here are like three, five, two, whatever your number is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Takeaways for you. I'd say like gosh the I mean the the first ones I would start with if I was going to go with 3 would be you have to get out of line and what that means is like at a certain point there will come a moment in your career where playing it safe and just trying to please the boss is not enough. Like you'll have an opportunity to bring some business in or jump up and create a new business opportunity. That is what's going to get you rewarded more than just doing what you've been asked to do. So there's a big chapter on how to know how to do that, when to do that to make it really successful and not be perceived as kind of a attention grabbing, (laughs) you know, team member. So that's definitely a big one. Um, and then there's one I call, um, playing your specialist game, which is really like understanding through experience, through good times and bad, like, what is it about you from your skills, your passions, your weird habits, your idiosyncrasies? What is your unique package of stuff that makes up its own little kind of Game that you can play in the world and how do you find the right environment to get yourself into position to really thrive? And then the last one would be what I love. It's my favorite chapter just about is break yourself to make yourself. Like every extrema that I interviewed for the book, consistently they would get to a place of like the top of their game and then instead of going, cool, I'm here, I'm rocking this out, they would get uncomfortable again, like be willing to go back to being... um, you're trying something new where you don't have all the answers to get kind of, um, to almost trigger your ambition again, to really like take yourself to a new level of performance. So I think that's, that's definitely one, especially for people, my age, you're, you know, when you're a little further in your life, you can become more risk averse because there's more to lose. But if you really want to keep pushing your
0: um, personal development. You've got to be willing to, to do it. Yes. Otherwise, you just become so stale. Totally. And there's no innovation going on totally. at all. Everyone's just, you're, just, you're <laughs> staying alive and being yeah. ho-hum. And Absolutely.
1: And that is not
0: any place any of us want to be. Anybody Anyone listening to this podcast, you don't want to be ho-hum. It's like not a good <laughs> thing to be. Just go up and You don't and want to do be it. in the middle of the road because you
1: get run over. That's, That's a happens.
0: good way, <laughs> <laughs> that, that puts it in a very visual way. Okay, Sarah, we're going to do I'm done with that. But first, I want to give a shout out to Braintree and thank them for sponsoring mentoring moments and for helping entrepreneurs thrive, especially when it comes time to check out when your customers are expecting a wide range of payment options. Or to be more accurate, there are a wide range of consumers out there and every one of them expects you to offer their preferred payment method. You can look at this as a hassle, but no, 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 this is an opportunity And Braintree makes it easy for you to give your customers what they want. When you rethink your payments, it's easy to let your customers have it their way. Braintree, rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. Hey, everyone.
1: I'm Maggie McGrath, a staff writer at Forbes magazine and your new host for a show called Forbes on Trump. Politicians are all talk. No action. I'll
0: be speaking with the editors and writers who are reporting on the 45th president. We'll hear what they're finding out about his wealth, his business associates, and the ways in which he and his policies are affecting the economy, consumers, and all aspects of the business world.
1: Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Along
0: the way, we'll dive into Forbes archives,
1: which contain decades of information that will add context to the current White House administration. So
0: listen to this. Listen to this. That's Forbes on Trump on Podcast One. Subscribe now at iTunes, and don't forget to rate, review, and share. This is Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. So, Sarah, we're going to do I'm Done With That. Okay. And I'll kick it off with yeah. I'm done with, and this is, I'm done with brushing my teeth so hard that my butt jiggles. Now, ah! <laughs> now I've, I've been done with that for many, many years. This was about 20 years ago. Wow. I called a friend and I said, yeah. okay, I think I've picked up weight. And she uh. was like, why'd you try to get into a dress yeah. or something? I said, No. I was brushing my teeth and my butt's jiggling as I brush my teeth to which she said, maybe you're brushing your teeth too hard. What do you think?
1: Oh my God.
0: And from that moment on, I've always used yeah. that analogy in my totally. head Totally. I was so stressed yeah. and I was doing everything so hard yeah. I was brushing my teeth hard I was running hard I was doing everything <sighs> oh, no. hard Yeah. and it hooked the visual right. of brushing my teeth and feeling my butt jiggling I'm like okay your butt's not supposed to jiggle when you brush your teeth you're looking at me like okay yeah. you need to go to flywheel honey. yeah no I'll, I'll take <laughs> that for sure you should have been yeah. working out yeah.
1: that's amazing <laughs> so, though I get it I totally get it
0: when you're just like, right you're just like so, so. everything is just so strong. Yeah. It's like yeah. mentally and yes. physically, yes. I was just going after everything. Yes. But when she yes. said to me, yes. maybe you're just brushing your teeth it's too hot. hard. Just bring it down a notch, you know? I'm like, maybe awesome. she's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I have no enamel. On now. No, exactly. That's, that's, why, you why, I'm worried, that's why I'm worried about brushing my, yeah. my front teeth falling. It has nothing to do with the fall.
1: That's funny.
0: So what are you done so with?
1: So mine is, um, I am done with pretending or ever believing that I can be society's um, expectation of a perfect petite female (laughs) because I grew up at a time when you know you think of all the magazines and the models of the 80s and if you guys could see me right now like I have rugby players thighs I have size 11 feet giant feet I mean I you to, look fabulous. I, I look fabulous. my you nickname at Nike was Fiona, the wife of Shrek. You look very I have, athletic. <laughs> I mean, and I think but that that's my point. Is like I'm done with. Like I love this is who I am, and I'm cool with that. And I'm like, I think for so long I was that young, you know, woman trying to conform to what society expected, and now I'm like who gives a shit? I have great legs that can run. I love that, you know? So
0: for sure. I mean, yeah. you look, at, and I think it's your whole persona who yeah, you are. Totally. Yeah. Like, and you so, look fabulous. It's like, you know. there's nothing wrong. You look fabulous, <laughs> but you do look like the athlete. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. No, it's exactly right. So right. it's like, rock it on, you know, let's go. <laughs> and so how, when did you figure that out though? How yeah. long did it take to figure that out?
1: Actually, probably right up Through it was after I had my last child, like I battled weight issues like you would not believe in my 20s. I was always very fit, very athletic, but eating issues just because I was, I I don't know, I was trying to conform to some expectation instead of going, What are you doing? Like, you are so lucky that you are physically fit, you are healthy you are strong. I can lift weights. I can do things like tough mutters. Why am I not thrilled about that?
0: You know? So, so speaking of tough mutters, how did you make me think about how, yeah. when did you start to figure out the being extreme? Like yeah. when did you make that flip that switch for you? Um,
1: I mean, I think I always enjoyed experiences that like pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I just started realizing actually probably after my kids were born that it is a very natural tendency to as a mother I think to start to want to close in and become more safe like I, I can still remember the first time I went skiing after my kids had been born i hadn't skied for ten years because I'd been having small kids, and I was looking down that slope and I was scared, and the speed was too much for me, and I was like because I was worried you know you I, I, I was worrying and I realized, whoa, I I can't live like that. Like that's, I I can't get to the end of this road and have sort of cocooned myself. And so I, I went, I started to realize I've got to push myself out of my comfort zone, whatever that may be. What did you do? (laughs) So that's when I, I took up doing things like Tough Mudders where, I mean, you're doing things like, you know, jumping off platforms. That's really scary for me. Um,
0: and for the listeners who don't know what tough mutters is. yeah,
1: you know, it's a it's an adventure race, like it's a ten mile race where you're doing things every mile along the way, you're, you know, sort of crawling through mud or you are jumping into dumpsters full of ice cubes or
0: all sorts of, they're really fun things actually. And when you see the pictures, yeah. you're like thinking better them than me. Yeah, you're yeah. Doing, you're looking at all these pictures, Although, but no, it looks fun. It, looks it is, but because the funniest fun. thing is
1: I looked at the pictures after I that you do it with a team and everyone is just laughing and smiling because you're doing these crazy things, but there's something really fun about everyone has different fears and so everyone – doesn't enjoy different obstacles but as you get through it and the whole team helped you through it you feel this amazing sense of yay like my friend nick who like hated heights and she jumped off some, you know like a 20 foot plank into water and her sense of like accomplishment i was so proud for her you know it's an amazing feeling and does anything scare you now Oh yeah. Like I still, I'm like, this is on my list of things that I've got to overcome <laughs> is, um, I was doing a
0: podcast now. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. I'm getting better at that. No, but at that. I, I was you. doing with my kids, um, and my husband, a kind of, like a mountaineering thing for people who aren't mountaineers. So you're actually hooked on with real, um, you know, um, cables to the, to the side. And you're basically climbing around the side of a mountain So it's not that hard and it is definitely safe, but I have real issues with heights. And, um, and I, I couldn't tell if I was more scared about myself or watching my son do it actually. And in the end I couldn't, and I went down and I watched my son and my husband complete the whole thing. And to this day, I'm like, I've got to try again. (laughs) I've got to go back and try because it was purely my own just mental fears that stopped me from doing it.
0: And the, our fears, our own fears, either, I think it's either our own fears, that yeah. voice on one side of our head or on our shoulder, yeah. and then those important people in our lives, yeah. right? Whether it's our parents, oh, our yeah. professors, our bosses, whoever, yeah. saying, You aren't good enough, you aren't yeah. good enough, yeah. you aren't good enough, you can't do this, you can't do this. Yeah, definitely. Those are the things that just hold us back. so much totally totally and I think to be able and it's hard it's it's really hard to overcome those yeah but I think recognizing them Mm -hmm. is the first step when you start to know you you start to recognize that that's what's holding you back and then figuring out how do you move forward through it. Yeah.
1: And I do think in the end, I think one of the reasons I love the physicality as a metaphor for your life is that every time you overcome one of those fears, gosh, it gives you confidence in your life. There's no question, whatever that fear may be, if it's spiders, I don't really care what it is, but if you come face to face with
0: it and you actually get through it, you just realize, okay, I got this, you know, I just saw my friend on video eating fried spiders Oh my god! and she was like holding them up with like that look on her just the yeah. look you have in your face and we can all kind of imagine yeah. that and then she took a bite and she was like it's really kind of good but I'm not so sure I would have been able to take that bite I have to yeah, say me either. so now we're going to do takeaways yeah, where sure. people have written to me the questions that they want to ask you yeah, sure. so I'm going to start with this one do you compare yourself to others mm. like do you look at them and think they're getting there faster than me mm.
1: I used to, and I don't anymore. Like, I definitely used to, I think, in my 20s and 30s. I was very conscious of, like, am I progressing in my career as fast as others around me? And then I think I just realized, particularly after the firings, I guess, (laughs) that you've got to play your own game because once you spend too much time comparing to others, like, you're only going to be an imitation version of them. You are you, and you have your own natural skills that you've got to play to their best and if you like spend all your time focusing on someone else. You're not focusing on being the best version
0: of you. So do you ever get into the, it's not fair. They get more than I do kind of, did, or when you were younger, did you yeah, get into I that? I would
1: say, I don't know if I ever had the, it's not fair thing. Cause I was the youngest of four. So I was kind of always like, you were used to not being. Fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was always like, why, you know, my right. brother gets to go out and drive in a car with his friends. And I can't like, I'm so used to all of that. Um, But I do think I earlier on was much more, I just was spending too much time with these kind of weird, either comparing to others or comparing to my expectations of like, have I reached a certain level by now, et cetera. That was probably because my career was going well. Once I had these massive failures and I got through them, that's when I realized actually it isn't a linear process growth and career. You know, you will go backwards and forwards. I mean, last year I quit my job and took a year off because I had reached a point where I wasn't growing anymore. And I could have sat there, I guess, and said, Oh my God, I'm, you know, falling off the, off the progress trail again. But, by then, I was like, no, it's that's the way it's meant to be.
0: I think. And did you know what you were going to do? I don't know the answer to this. No,
1: either. I didn't. I I was terrified, actually. Of it was funny. I remember saying to my husband, like, I used to get fired all the time, and now I'm not, so I have to do it to myself because you
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> right. no, um, no one's fired me. Yeah, I've like, done such a good job of being afraid yeah, of being fired. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: damn. But um, and no, I think in the end, I I was very scared because it was like what is going to be out there. I knew I was going to write a book. That was the main thing I wanted to focus on, but I didn't know where that was going to lead. But I was very open to sort of exploration and see where it took me. And my goodness, like I look back now, it's the best year ever. Like I don't think that the clarity of knowing when Flywheel came along, that this was so the right thing for me. I wouldn't, none of that would have happened, I think, if I hadn't taken this time to really get perspective, to reflect and really understand
0: what I should be doing here. And I think it's extreme to be able to, in a good way, extreme, to be able to have this high job that you had and to leave it with not kind of knowing what you wanted to do, but not really. So you yeah. didn't have to put out the press release yeah. with Sarah Robbo Hagen yes. has gone on to blah, blah, to do, blah, blah, yeah. Yeah. blah. Yeah. And I remember the press releases yes. when, cause yes. we, we we've only met recently. I didn't yes. know you, but I knew of you. Yeah. And, and reading them. And it's like, I wonder what she's going to yeah. do. It wasn't this set yeah. plan of yeah. what you were going yeah. to do.
1: And that was hard too, to your point is you kind of have this expectation that it's, you're going to go on to the next big thing. And there was no next. Big thing. So did you like feel like you were a woman without a brand? Oh yeah. And I, and I, but that I actually purposely wanted that because I do think, you know, it's, I can still remember, gosh, the first like month of Having gone from being, you know, I in my last job I had 13,000 employees and I had an office and you know back-to-back meetings every day, and here I was like a hobo, kind of cruising around, having meetings in Starbucks because I didn't have an office, you know, watching every penny because I was a startup trying to figure out what I was doing, and and I had nothing behind me, and it was actually. I'm really glad I did it because it gave me a sense of like understanding what, what do I have? Like, instead of hiding behind someone else's brand, like what do I have to contribute?
0: Which is very eye-opening. And oh, fact, I think that's huge. the thing I hear from a lot yeah. of women. They want, that, they want that time off to yeah. get that perspective. Definitely. So a lot of them will go back to business school or something. Yeah. But even that is not finding that perspective because you're so busy working together. It's a great thing to do, but you're so busy working totally. on all that. But if you can even take the weekends or I'm the yeah. worst at it, but when, whenever I do Definitely. take the time to get the perspective, yeah. that's when my creativity flows totally. all of us. So we have one last question. I'm a millennial. What should I not do if I work for you? Oh, what should you not do if you work for me? So that they don't have to live in fear of being fired. (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: I would say like the only thing to not do would be, you know, expect to be kind of promoted without creating the opportunities around you. Is what I would say. So, um, I happen to have like my entire workforce right now is millennials and they're amazing, all of them. (laughs) And, because I love they are hard charging. Like, I don't feel like anyone's saying, waiting for me to come and say to them, here's what you should do next. I think everybody is like, we, we know where we're heading up this hill and I'm going to go and figure out how to get it done. And I think if they were to
0: not do that, that would be like, Oh, (laughs) what do we have? I think that's a great one. And I, I think, you know, you're a great example. of we won't even go to, can we have it all? Mm. You're a great example of, you can work it all together, right? You're a mom, you have this big job, you have a book coming out. And we were talking earlier that there are some days when, You're so not just you, but when we're in these modes of so much to do, there's so much to do. Yeah. But we have the experience to know that it's for a limited period of time and we can work through them. And I think it's a great message too, for young women Mm -hmm. to know that we won't have it all. I mean, that's, I I believe that, you know, you can't have it all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be juggled and it can be worked out, right? Yes. That you can, you can have it all. Yeah. In that respect. Yes. And you can work yeah. it a lot. And I think
1: in the end, it's like you can make your whole greater than the sum of its parts. I think that's probably what I spent the most time thinking about last year As I was like, I want my family time, my work time, the my philanthropic giving time, my board time, my book time, everything to add up to something that has impact. And yes. I think until I'd had the chance to really step back and think about, all these people were asking me to be involved in things and I'm like, Am I just scattering everything or am I really adding up to having some impact? And in the
0: end, that's what I wanted to do, you know? Well, and congratulations on doing that. <laughs> so we gotta sign off for now. I'm yes, so excited, but been I would so to to tell everybody everyone, where we can find you.
1: So I'm at Flywheel, obviously a lot. So anyone who's in any of our cities come ride with me because it's so fun. Um, and then the book obviously is coming out on April 4th and it's available anywhere online. And I really encourage people to to buy it because I think, um, like I said before, there's incredible stories, incredible practical advice. Like you will put the book down and be able to go do something that day. <laughs> And I'm going to keep on doing more of this. Like I I want to keep hearing and learning great stories from extremers out there to help share them with others to inspire them. So please uh, see on, if you go on Facebook, Extreme Sarah, you'll
0: see that's where my little community's hanging out. But you are so inspirational in a very authentic, a really authentic, Mm -hmm. genuine way. It's not the rah, rah, rah way. It's the really, I've been there, done it, and we can do it. We can do it. Which is great. So to us. uh, (laughs) Huge thanks to Sarah Rob O'Hagan for sharing her extremely vulnerable stories and for all her success tips. And check out her book called Extreme You. And to make sure you're getting mentoring moments the moment it's live every Wednesday, subscribe on iTunes and rate and review. Your input and feedback is so important to me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you give yourself space to breathe so you can have the energy to take on what's really important? And do you or your kids still cling to your participation trophies? And are you breaking yourself to make yourself better? Instead of thinking, I'm rocking this out and ending it there, do you take the time to celebrate and enjoy, then push yourself to get uncomfortable again? I'd love to hear what you're thinking, and it's easy to find me. I'm always on Twitter at Denise Ristari. And until next week, keep sharing your stories, because your stories matter. download new episodes of mentoring moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes.
1: Hi, I'm Clay Smith, host of Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews, the podcast for book lovers interested in interviews with best-selling authors, insider scoop on the hottest releases, reading ideas for book clubs and bibliophiles, and even tips about which books to skip all together. So be sure to download new episodes of Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews every Tuesday.
0: You can get it on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe on iTunes, and don't forget to rate, review, and share
1: your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you have a cute little reading nook for those rainy days when you want to curl up with a good book. But you don't even read, so you just sit in there during thunderstorms and scroll through memes on your phone
0: and laugh in the darkness. Ha <laughs>
1: The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the dark, meme-filled corner you call home. Call GEICO
0: and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following following the rule of law, is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.